from the office to the airport and from the airport straight into the client meeting good morning sir no matter how long your day is stay worry free with wrinkle free shirts from park avenue 100% cotton fresh all day with new colors and prints visit the park avenue store or visit myraymond.com to shop Hey there you're listening to Film Companion Retake with me Anupama Chopra and Rahul Desai where we revisit a film from the past Hi Rahul I had really hoped that we could do this FC retake uh sitting with each other but it was not meant to be we held off through the month of May hoping for a miracle <laughs> Yeah we did we did I was really hoping that I would if nothing be able to get out of my house and sort of get into a professional environment to shoot this like we normally do yeah but you know uh, this is the best we can do and you know it's it's basically about what we say so it's it's fine <laughs> that's right no one's coming to yeah. look at us anyway <laughs> yeah, no, one, no one's going to come to look at me after these 2 3 months so i totally uh, i'm more than happy to keep speaking So now our choice today is Dibakar Banerjee's Oi Lucky Lucky Oi which is a film that I had loved even back in 2008 when it first released what were your first impressions of it Yeah so for me it was obviously as a very different stage at my life because I had just come out of film school back then I think it was 2007-2008, uh, and uh, you know I was still getting used to the concept of Hindi cinema uh, on a whole. So I, I, so I remember when I watched this film, I watched it with a lot of my fellow writer and director friends back then. Everyone was an aspiring writer or director, uh, Wait, uh, and I watched, I, I watched it in PVR Juhu, I think. in in bombay itself so I, i think i when i watched it and most of them from were from the north some were from uttarakhand some and most of them were, were from delhi you know because that's the bombay dream uh, so i remember an instant change in their body language as soon as we came out of the film because honestly for me i just enjoyed it as sort of a uh like a desi version of catch me if you can that is back then like i was like okay this is cool we can do the same thing too but then over the next one or two years i slowly noticed how these people i used to hang out with my fellow uh, sort of writers and all and they were all pitching scripts and they were all trying to find their way in bollywood and they all became so confident of the fact that you know their environment their upbringing can suddenly is suddenly represented and it's also like a fertile uh environment because and now looking and looking back now i feel like oilaki was literally the founding father of this quirky north indian comedy in hindi cinema because before that it was always the screwball loud punjabi stereotypical comedy where characters were given particular traits but this was literally the start of such a an avalanche of comedy after that on not only comedy just like even family dramas all the films even we see today the middle indian films and so many of them so many actors have come out of that for i remember for the next 5 or 6 years even when i started my uh, reviewing career in 2013 or 14 i had reached a stage where i was like they need to stop the delhi comedy it's done that dibakar did it for his first two films and now uh, every every step after that has been a step down so but yeah for me it was a it was a very groundbreaking film in that sense now that i look back what about no, you it, you were still uh, you were it still is 
it is an absolutely groundbreaking film rahul and i think it's a film that didn't get its due because it it was just unfortunate timing it released two days after the 2611 attacks um i remember watching the film loving it writing my review and yeah. i don't think i i went because at that time i worked for ndtv and i i think i didn't i i couldn't go to shoot the review or i okay. shot the review right. and of course they never used it there was other much much uh, there were more pressing matters than what i thought of a film uh, but right. but if it had not released at that point um i you know i can never speak to whether it would have been a success or not but the fact that what it did uh, artistically uh, the narrative it kind of you know it unfolded was just absolutely so radical in terms you know i think debakar is is sort of the chronicler of our country you know he he has from the first film from khosla ka khosla he is sort of pehli pehle it was through comedy now it, his vision has gotten darker and darker especially post lsd yeah. i i feel like he he gives us a a portrait of the state of the nation you know so in in this film i mean the the whole i loved how it was completely non judgmental about its own characters uh, you know there was no morality here it was a, your your hero was just a charming thief um, and the way he kind of addresses the rampant consumerism you know this this urge to hoard that there's just yeah. TVs and there's shirts and there's these bizarre stuffed animals there's even a dog for for me those things were just so wonderful and i i i feel like it's a film that that i hope more and more people go and rewatch to understand what he did way back then but i i love the film i love the film and now when i rewatched it again for our conversation um i admired it even more you know the whole the whole idea of three parish travels so every father yeah, figure exactly. is a parish travel yeah. exactly and uh, i i i mean now that you think of it you know there were such uh, there were so many of these little touches that debakar sort of interspersed over the film it's basically like the film is fooling us by you know being this uh, sort of very fluffy sort of uh, delhi idiosyncratic comedy for the first 10 15 minutes and then you know it pulls us into a world where there is uh, such a sense of cinema especially the father thing that you mentioned i also love the fact that uh, uh, that you know it, it's actually a, a very sanitized uh, version in the sense sanitized version it's sort of a family friendly version of a character like that uh, because in a way it, he wants to portray more of a lovable um, harmless buffoon kind of uh, character rather than a toxic character that we later started seeing in delhi films like kanu bello was the director's assistant on this film made titli and that's when we saw the evolution or saw it explode on to the screen saw delhi in all its nakedness explode then so i love the fact that uh, that debakar still stuck to a very sanitized version of this particular character and even uh, because the lingo i mean as delhi as it was it wasn't really authentic without the cuss words without the uh, without no. the particular flowery language that they had and i totally get why they did that because uh, indian mentality or indian culture is such that when we see uh, uh, characters who cuss on screen we immediately paint them as darker characters in our head I didn't want that so i think yeah. uh, that sort of really 
sort of got us into that thing it got families it got a lot of people it got a lot of characters in the film in delhi who would otherwise keep away from such films actually watch this film and yeah. uh, and even the even in the beginning the way you said that you know he uh, sees uh, his i mean uh, all the father figures have the same face it's the same way in the beginning i noticed in the childhood sequence where manjot singh is sort of he was so uh, good uh, yeah he was so good manjot it was, was his so introduction good. to cinema too and in that entire sequence there's a part where he falls for this uh, greeting card girl uh, this very shy greeting card girl and i was when i was watching it again i was like you know it's amazing that her voice sounds exactly like a uh, like some uh, like a man is man is dubbing and stereotyping a woman like a very shy coy uh, voice it almost doesn't seem like her voice that's uh, that's almost the way he his character perceives a shy girl to be the same way he perceives like uh, you know father figures to look like his father even though they actually don't look like paresh avil at all uh, and i love those you know those little touches because it adds so much uh, to the to the i mean cinema is all about hindsight too in the end and it adds so much to your understanding uh, of the he pursues only these shy coy kind of girls because he looks at them at sort as sort of a challenge as a theft because he's opposite to them uh, and you know it all adds to his thief character in the end yeah yeah and you know the other character who i just loved was bengali manu rishi who yeah, also of course wrote the dialogue uh, yeah. he's just a great friend and and the lines are so good you know that whole idea of uh, you know police ne mar liya aapne kha liya aise to relationship shuru hoti hai something like that he said yeah, just so these casual throwaway comic lines which were which was so wonderful and kind of uh, you know they it all hinted at darker things but he never went there yeah he you know? never went there and that's that's the that's actually the beauty of this film because so many uh, filmmakers uh, you know consider it to be a sort of a compromising of their sensibilities but here it seemed uh, it, it seemed so organic and and bengali as you said obviously i mean i always felt like bengali was in a film of his own in that <laughs> film even uh, because you know everything he was doing was also from a very street smart hustler kind of uh gaze he was also trying to be the middleman all the time and in the end he screws uh, uh, you know lucky over and yeah. you know in in an in an opposite film he would have been a very unlikable protagonist uh, protagonist because he is not as charming as say abhay deol he is not uh, as uh, you know he is not as aggressive as the paresh avil characters uh, but yeah i i love the fact that they even used the uh, if you notice the time lapses were uh, shot in photographs like almost like kodak albums and all and that totally went in with lucky's personality as a thief you know because thieves do have photographic memories and that was the first time i saw i saw a hindi film be so creative with uh, with the transition of time because we normally just do like a dissolve or a fade in and a fade out right. or uh, we use a little uh, ticker at the bottom and all but this i had never seen something the way the use of music the way sneha kanwalkar that was my first introduction to her music too before gangs of basepur so, starting with, uh, with the titles you know the, yeah, the, the titles. you know the yeah. titles come at you with all the sort of 70 mm hindi movie you know uh, uh, bluster it's it's just fantastic but what what was interesting for me now it was also that he didn't take you know he he thought that his audience was intelligent enough to accept yeah. that there would be three parish rawals uh, and nobody yeah. would comment on it 
there's yeah, no exactly. there's no acknowledgement that oh my god uh, you know uh, the father and gogi and the other guy they're all the same it was it was yeah. just it i i love that he trusted his audience enough to say that i'm trying to say something by by casting the same actor in all three roles and he just he just goes with it it was i thought that was wonderful i also loved the interactions between uh, richa chadda's mom lucky <laughs> you know she's i mean th- that that whole idea of oh aa gayi ghar ulti kar rahi hai kya it was like drunkenness was so casual and and i loved just the lack of judgment towards these women you know it was yeah, fine that, yeah that's yeah that's a great uh, point because uh, Richa Chadda's character was a breakout uh, sort of. It was a breakout role for me. Like yeah. I remember even including her in the top fifty memorable side character series because you know uh, obviously for a lot of us it was the first time we saw her and you know she's had a long career after that. But you know that particular performance sort of uh, really uh, established her the way she did the whole West Delhi drawl uh, without you know coming across as a character who's been put in only to make people laugh. you know with the whole like naughty monkey and even the accent she uses is amazing because it stuck with her career if you think about it they've all they um, the smarter directors have used her in those kind of roles like fukre and you know uh, the few films that she really stands out in uh, it all has shades of you know the way dibakar used her i actually noticed that in dibakar's next film uh, which is uh, love sex or dhoka i think the editor namrata um namrata rao, rao was, yeah. yeah she actually did a very similar role in love sex or dhoka as the girl in the supermarket uh, where i think either rajkumar rao works so one of the in one of the narrative she is also speaking exactly like the richa chadda character so i felt like when i was watching love sex or dhoka i was like i've seen i've heard her before she's a different actress but it's the same person i can tell <laughs> yeah and i i love this sort of smaller detailing like the the dog uh, you know who who's like the high society dog so has to be called by the cops in a certain way you know um, oh yeah sort of he he the, the film is a commentary on all those class divisions in delhi you know which part of the city you come from and just done without sort of hitting it hitting you on the head with it yeah and that's that's how uh, beautifully he's used the uh, he's used the entire device of making him a thief so it's it's basically like a device of making someone a wedding planner like we saw later on film started doing that yeah by by you know by having a wedding planner or on the opposite end of the law a thief you get into so many different atmospheres and households that you see an entire cross section of delhi and yeah. that's a very and obviously a thief uh, thing is more entertaining because it's not exactly a romantic uh, uh, story we are seeing here we are talking about a guy from a dysfunctional family who's sort of trying to fill in a void and he's addicted to this this whole uh, this whole feeling of outwitting other people that are normally higher up higher up than him in society because if you look at it he's doing a job like anybody else because all of us uh, do our professions uh, with the purpose of trying to sort of be clever according to our intellectual capacity we try to outdo the other person in our job all the time subconsciously here he's doing it on a more fundamental primal level as a thief and Uh, i thought he did it beautifully because the kind of people he targets the rich people uh, they they aren't exactly portrayed as idiots in the film either you know they are the kind of delhiites that we see who are so proud of status and of izzat 
and you know all these and we know these people we know, we met these exactly. people and yeah. and at the same time you know he's stealing from these people why so that he can also uh, sort of be that same person because if you noticed uh, in the latter of the, of the film when he goes to sonal's house he loves showing off you know he loves that the mother is spoiling him because he's a little richer and he can offer like mai aaj restaurant mein 15 lakh dala something so he is basically acting exactly like the people he steals from and he and the best part is uh, abhay deol plays it in such a way that you can sense that the character is not self aware enough to know it yeah yeah you know for me like this performance a few of the others he did devdi just such a wonderful um, sort of mix of kind of leading man charm and yet something darker you know you always sensed in him that there was there was a place where he could go very easily which was not uh, hunky dory and not wholesome and and all the things that traditional hindi cinema is um, and you know dibakar used him so well in this film in shanghai uh, he really sort of pushed him as an actor and and here because you know there are moments where you can see the sort of dysfunctionality within lucky you know when he meets his brother at the hill station exactly. and and yeah. just the, the, the his humiliation his longing for something bigger than what he has and and of course the his thieving is also a sort of pathology i mean he's he's like like you said trying to fill that void trying to move up the food chain you know trying to kind of almost fill the kind of lack of love with just things that i'll yeah, just but- have itne vcr or itni shorts or ye statue me le lunga there's a great moment when he's unpacking the loot and these two aunties are watching him and he's taking out these bizarre <laughs> things like you wonder why there's a bundle of money yeah and the, and just the money comes out and you know you wonder yeah. why would a thief take any of this because it's not really about the stealing it's yeah, about so exactly. much you know it's about so much else i i wonder now what do you think that this was a movie that perhaps was a little ahead of its time uh, uh yes and no because you know um, in the sense on a sort of a commercial level obviously it may have been slightly ahead because obviously not a lot of people noticed it because it was bad timing uh and you know bollywood was or uh, like hindi cinema was just starting to enter a phase Where you know Anurag Kashyap was going to be at his peak, Imtiaz Ali was going to be at his peak, Dibakar was going to be at his peak. There was this whole parallel but mainstream movement going on at the same time. So in that context, all their films in these three or four years were ahead of its time because they didn't get a lot of takers then. Yeah. But if these films didn't come out then, they wouldn't have been cult films later on because the way we now uh, sort of look at them, the reverence we talk about it with, because even now I can't really find something to. Uh, there's no fault i can find in these films even though we are watching it 12 years later uh, and if they, it hadn't come out then then we wouldn't be looking at these films as you know uh, as these films that have really become more and more relevant with time and they hold uh, despite that it's just that time has sort of added an entire legacy for a film like oila ki and khosla ka ghosla and uh, you know even uh, his films later on so i think that uh, Yeah so I think yes and no uh, what what do you think I absolutely I I just because I look at it even now Rahul and I don't see other cinema like it yeah. You know 
I, I don't see uh, a director trying to do the things that, of course, there's been plenty of Delhi comedies and um, all this, this idea of West Delhi and that class system and all of that. But just the, the kind of creative risks he took. Um, I still don't know many directors who are doing stuff like that. And I just think that he's genuinely one of the most under uh, lauded directors you know i i feel like they, we don't fully kind of appreciate all the things that debakar has consistently done since khosla ka ghosla um, and you know film after film sort of pushed for, for him to go from this to an lsd where again he's pushing the envelope in every way possible including the the form you know uh, trying to kind of explore those things uh, and i think Maybe, maybe the darkness in the vision is perhaps what is not so palatable to people anymore. Uh, I, I don't know, you know, that because of course Shanghai didn't work. Uh, Bloomkesh, which was his attempt at sort of going mainstream, didn't connect either. And I felt like that film kind of didn't feel fully debakar and didn't feel fully something else either, you know. Yeah. So, so. Um, and of course, I, I'm I'm dying to see what he's done with uh, Bunty or Pinky, uh, you know. But I just, I just feel like what he did was was just so, uh, you know, just wanting to push, just push the boundaries every single time, and which is which is so wonderful. And I hope that our conversation encourages people to go back and discover this film. It's it's a it's yeah, yeah. it's it's okay. really. One of one of the like you said, it's one of the groundbreakers. Yeah, it's it's actually a, it, it is even now like a cinephile and a film student's dream because uh, he is uh, probably one of the most versatile filmmakers of our time. Yeah. Uh, you know the way he went from one space to another, and at the same time, despite you know like this film was that very sweet spot that you know I personally feel that even Khosla ka Khosla could not attain, even though it was a very very a uh, masterfully written film i still feel like oilaki sort of achieved that very sweet spot where because a lot of filmmakers after that who did make a lot of very similar films to kosla uh, uh, who started taking risks they used to get carried away with the idiosyncrasies with the quirks uh, you know with the whole uh, with the whole milu and with the texture of this delhi or the north indian environment and they used to forget somehow uh, to sort of lend any sort of depth to the characters and it used to always become about look at how we are observing our environment look at how authentic we are but right. here what debakar did was actually uh, make a character uh, who if you take out of that environment if you take out of delhi that's how the film ends you know he's just walking away you never know he's going to go to bombay after this fall you know and if you take him out of that environment he's still as uh, layered as say earlier because and in so many ways it reminded me of you know leonardo dicaprio's performance in uh, uh, catch me if you can because that's also very such a tricky template to pull off you know yeah. it's a crowd pleasing template you're trying to be entertaining you're trying to uh, sort of uh, have a commentary on society on the people that are uh, 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 stolen from but uh, yeah but debakar somehow managed to find a balance that uh, yeah i've not seen in many of his films also after that you know maybe maybe it's time for uh, part 2 maybe he's walked to bombay <laughs> yeah i actually love that they ended it like that because you know the cops being made a fool of again and it just feels like a never ending story it is it is it you you can just see lucky 
having adventures for the rest of his life and sort of suavely walking away. And yet, what is wonderful is that suaveness never kind of becomes that slightly unrealistic James Bond type of territory. Right. You know, yeah. it never veers into that. And at the same time, the heaviness, the resolution that that uh, that emotional uh, realization in the end that his family has rejected him, his marriage will never sort of work because of the personality he is. That heaviness also is not overdone because a lot of uh, filmmakers just want to give a film a resolution, an ending, and sort of come, uh, you know, like, uh, and it becomes a little unrealistic in the end because of that. Because there always has to be sort of a crowd pleasing, happy ending. I saw a lot of films after that who did that. The whole film was great, but then suddenly the existence of an ending ruins it. Like, I think Bareli Ka Barfi had the same reaction in the end. I was like, it was going perfectly. And why did you have to do that? So I love the fact that there's no such pretension here. He just walks away uh, without, you know, really going existential, without turning into this alcoholic or this uh, or this uh, dark character. And he probably walks into another film. <laughs> well, let's hope. And who knows? Maybe, maybe somebody, hopefully, uh, somebody will fund Debakar to make part two. Uh, and and Lucky will have many more adventures. Thank you for listening to the Film Companion Podcast. Stay tuned for more reviews, interviews and all that's hot and happening in pop culture and entertainment.